Welcome to The Music Reel. I'm your host, Nicola Burton. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Australian actor Mike Snell. Now, Mike, you'll probably remember, was the star of the Network 10 television series, I Will Survive. And his impressive resume, it's like going for a trip to Broadway. So he's done Boy From Oz, uh, Miss Saigon, Wicked, Hairspray, Legally Blonde, Hello Dolly, Aladdin, Strictly Ballroom. Mike, congratulations on those shows and welcome to the music reel. It's lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you too. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. What a resume. My goodness. <laughs> it's so funny when you, um, when you were reading them out. It's just all gone in the blink of an eye. But then um, I'm, I suppose there's moments where you just have to give yourself a little pat on the back and go, wow, that was so much fun, you know. Was your bet, which was the most fun production out of all of those shows? Wow, that is impossible to answer, okay. But it's funny. Yesterday someone posted on Facebook that it, was 10 years ago that we started rehearsals for Hairspray, the musical directed by David Atkins, choreographed by Jason Coleman. And, of course, a plethora of photos, everyone sharing, and I, I looked back and I got the fondest memories from that show, not only from the fun we had on stage, but the story that we told of segregation in the 60s and um, because I'm a glutton for punishment, You Can't Stop the Beat was an epic dance and an epic sing and it just goes on and on and on and on for about nine minutes of cardio and um, that was pretty fun for me, the burn. <laughs> because you, you're a dance teacher as well, aren't you? That's what you yeah. started out doing. So, um, wow, your fitness and your, your wellness regime must be second to none to be able to do that for, what, nine minutes? Yeah. Oh, my God. And that, you know, let's not even take into account nicest kids in town, welcome to the 60s. That whole show is just nonstop, nonstop dance. And Jason Coleman and David Atkins combined are, uh, oh, the sticklers for hitting it hard. It's full out or nothing with those two. So you never mark a step on stage. Um, it was fantastic. Oh, I love it. That was a, that was a really fun one. Um, and then another one that I can never, ever stop talking about because it was my first. I um, was introduced to professional musical theatre in Australia doing Hugh Jackman's The Boy From Oz Arena, spectacular, choreographed by Kelly Abbey, directed by Kenny Ortega. Um, and that, to me, you know, was my introduction into Australian musical theatre, straight to what felt like the top, you know, with the best of the best and performing to fifteen to 20,000 people a night. So I'll never forget the roar of that amount of people at the end of a number. You know, it was oh, quite baptism quite... of fire. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic because look, look, I, I go to Broadway every year and all I do, I just go from show to show to show to show because I'm in Brisbane. I think we're lucky to get two a year. We are mm -hmm. starving. In Melbourne, at least, you've got some great productions happening all the time. Mm -hmm. I guess my concern is with this whole closure we're going to be going back a few decades because, you know, people were really starting to build momentum. So I guess I want to hear from you, what projects should you have been doing between March and August and now you're in your second lockdown? Walk us through what you should be doing. 
Okay, so I'm pretty. Um, I'm a. I'm a doer. I, I have you know in the past a lot of trouble sitting still. Um, call it ADHD, whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> but um, I think I was pretty good with sticking to a fitness regime. Um, I should have been doing more classical singing training. Um, I. I went into a little bit of um, a rest mode with all of that because I'd just come off Aladdin um, singing the tenor line and I gig a lot. So I had my own Freddie Mercury show, which, as we know, Freddie is very, very high rock tenor belt. Um, and I also was um, working at, a, let's say, New York-style sing-along bar at Crown Casino. So I was doing a lot of singing. And when COVID hit, I just went into a bit of a like, well, this is forced rest and I actually stopped singing. So if I could turn back the clock then, I would have continued, you know, a couple of days, maybe three, four days a week of classical, you know, scales, my arias, um, and keeping that vocal fitness for myself because, um, you know, I... I had a sing a few weeks ago and by the end of an hour, I thought, oh, I'm going to pull up sore tomorrow, you know. So I um, I know that for other musical theatre performers out there, um, that's a big tip for me um, to keep up your skill set. Um, this time around in Melbourne, I am 100% determined and I've been creating a really nice self-care fitness uh, approach to this one so I'm not smashing it too hard but I'm definitely keeping flexibility balance um, and let's say the kilos off the love handles shall we <laughs> okay I think look a lot of people have said that it's all been about self-care they've actually had the time to stop um, we, we were just running for years and to be able to stop and most of our musicians stop, it was so great. I think, yeah, self-care is a great tip. I, I wanted to ask you, the people that you've been working with, so the productions, the crew, the cast, all of those, you know, that ecosystem that keep that alive, yeah. how are they going? Well, look, I mean, it's no word of a lie. It's really tough, you know, um, Productions like Harry Potter, they've been closed for months now. Shows like Shrek that just started up, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory closed. Um, what else? Uh, uh, Frozen postponed rehearsals. Hamilton was in the casting process. Um, Moulin Rouge was in the casting process. So this not only affects the performers, as you're talking about, who are you know, especially young performers that have just touched the tip of the iceberg of their, you know, starting their careers and then to have it ripped away from them. You know, it's it's really, really tough. And um, it, it goes, it does, it goes a lot deeper than the surface of theatre or the surface of television. You know, we're talking set designers, set builders, um, mechanists, sound engineers you know you've got factories of lights sitting there you've got factories of soundboards and you know mics that are usually attached to our heads to you know project into the audience sitting gathering dust and that has a massive mental um mental health uh, ramification 
you know, when, when you don't, we, you know, we entered the arts for our passion and the byproduct of that is money. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we lost our jobs, but we've lost a lot more than that. We've lost our daily uh, passion. And it's, I was teaching a Zoom dance class last night, actually, and um, I'd choreographed this number to burlesque, you know, Christina Aguilera's movie with shirt. And I was being a real like showgirl and I'm just like, it was to all these females. It was like a yummy mummies kind of class, you know. And I said to them, I was sweating in my lounge room and I said, you know, just pull and stretch every muscle in your body and dance from your soul. And then I got this lump in my throat and I thought, oh, my God, I'm burst into tears. And you forget that it's not just a job. It's it's your life. It's your... um, passion you know and yeah yeah it's funny we we as the performers um have that inside of us every minute you know i can sing a song in my lounge room i can stretch in my lounge room but you know you can't build a set in your in your lounge room you can't put on people's makeup in your lounge room or do uh costume fittings you know so I um, send love and support out to all of the, you know, behind-the-scenes people um, in theatre, TV, the arts in general. Yeah, because where would we be without them? We could not do what we did without them. And I just, because I'm in the contemporary music field, and I just, just so many people, they've got mortgages and families, and they're like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through the, you know, the rest of the year? Um, which is a lot of the reason why I wanted to have these conversations was our voices need to be heard. People need to know what, you know, we bring so much joy to people's lives. They need to know, well, look, on the other side of that, there's a lot of suffering, a lot of struggling going on. And it is people that just devote so much of their passion to entertaining everyone else. And, you know, when the shit hits the fan in your life, what do you do? You watch TV, watch a movie, listen to music, right? so much comfort and it's such an important part of your self-care and your wellness and yeah I, I think um thank you for saying that to the crew because they really need to know that someone's thinking of them and appreciating the value that they bring definitely um you know it's a time to survive and a time to potentially thrive as well you know i am a firm believer that when I entered the arts, when I was 18, I knew it was going to be a tough life. You know, there, we know this when we enter this profession, that it's a tough one. So even when there was no COVID, I was always preparing myself for these times where there was no work. So there is a safety for us as well, being in the arts, that we know that there are times where it's feast or famine. So it just happens to be that we're in a big famine at the moment and we're being starved of our creativity and our work, but we are the strongest type of people to prepare ourselves for that as well. Um, So I don't know about everyone else out there. I can't speak for everyone else, but along the way I went to India and got my yoga teacher training I've done my certificate three in fitness. I'm studying men- mental health cert four at the moment. So, um, you know, I've got my 
my money making and um, stuff on the side too because I think it's pretty not irresponsible but I think it's a little bit um, naive for anyone in the arts to not be thinking about that along the way too. It doesn't mean you have to act on it. You know, I'm, I put my eggs all in one basket. Um, but, you know, I think we've got to step up as performers, set designers, costume designers, and start to think outside the box of, you know, like everyone in this world has at the moment too, we can't put ourselves in this special category as artists. You know, there are a lot of people that have lost their jobs and suffering too. So, as a human race at the moment, who's going to sink and who's going to swim? And I think artists and people in the arts are the most creative to use their brains to find ways to make money oh, yeah. and fill that hole or that void that's there at the moment. We're creative beasts. We're used to having to make our own way, aren't we? So if anyone's yeah. going to pivot and innovate, it's really the people that have been doing it all along. We don't have a nine-to-five job. We don't have a guaranteed income. We've got to be creative, otherwise we die. So very good advice. Most of us have been through those times where we've had our $2 can of tuna and rice. (laughs) We can go back to it for a minute if we need to. (laughs) Hey, you could do do a recipe book. You could do a famine recipe book. Yes. (laughs) And I'll send send it out to a visual designer friend of mine, get them artwork <laughs> you know there's all sorts of connections exactly. i think we're on something here near i think so. <laughs> so let's talk about vision for recovery what is it you think i mean obviously the self-care and we're doing all these things while we're in lockdown what do you think fans can actually do in the meantime to try and support you know the live musical sector because we want to make sure it comes back what do you think they can actually do to help this vision for a roadmap to recovery for this sector Okay, look, a roadmap to recovery is all about support. Um, I'll use a personal experience of mine. Um, About two Saturday nights, two weeks ago, on a Saturday night I'm sitting at home doing absolutely nothing and I get this Instagram message from a gay couple saying, it's our one-year anniversary, wedding anniversary, and we had a trip to New York booked. We had... 10 shows that we were going to go and see. Luckily, they were refunded all of their money and their flights were reimbursed with vouchers or something like that. So they reached out to me to record a message and I was like, yeah, of course I can, you know, say happy anniversary in that. Um, And they're like, well, let us pay you. And I'm like, absolutely not. No. And they insisted, you know, this, this beautiful man was like, we insist on paying you. So what did I do? Ran into my bedroom, chucked on a tuxedo and a bow tie with my pyjama pants, set up my camera and sang them a song with lighting. You know, I've got my, my little kit here with my microphone and I sang them, you know, uh, I crooned them a Frank Sinatra classic. Um, and then they, they charged 200 bucks in my account, you know. And this just broke, not broke my heart, it actually lit up my heart so to answer your question a roadmap on a smaller more individual um you know recovery mode is for people out there to support the arts whether it be um hiring someone to you know host a zoom party or um doing a live set from their lounge room like there's there's so many things that can be done 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's lovely. And it's like, it's one little thing that's just an act of kindness. And I, I just thought, wow, people do care about the arts. And you've got, so, to, you've got to build that community and stay connected to, um, so fans stay connected to the people that you love through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you're building this nice connection and that's how we recover, isn't it? Like yeah. yeah, yeah, and it keeps the individual sane, mentally, you know, stable. Um, the, I got a bit of self-worth out of that, you know, I was feeling needed and because at the moment, you know, we're just sitting around feeling like, you know, no one us anymore and but look uh to answer the question on a on a more national stage um obviously we are going day by day at the moment with the government letting us know what we're even allowed to do so i you know i'm all for these driving musicals where you maybe you know flemington Racecourse. i know the wiggles did something recently a friend of mine um, Jack Scandrett, we were talking about potentially, you know, producing an event um, where you drive in and tune in your radio and it could be a symphony, it could be a musical, it could be a concert, um, you know, snacks delivered to your car and you sit there in your car, COVID safe, um, listening and watching a show. Obviously in Melbourne right now, nothing is really, we're not even allowed to leave our houses. We're in stage four lockdown. We're in the thick of it. Um, So it's hard for me to answer that question right now from a Melbourneian Victorian point of view. Obviously removing seats in the theatre is a thing that could happen where, you you know, we're socially distanced in the theatre. I think about all of these, you know, possible recovery strategies and they do not tickle my fancy in the slightest. I mean, I I don't want to come up with some high-tech, internet-based, fancy roadmap to go to the theatre because going to the theatre for me is about sitting next to a stranger in a congregation of 1,500 people at, you know, Her Majesty's and collectively feeling a story and clapping together, crying together. I mean, think of come from away, you know, this lady just went <laughs> next to me and I lost it as well. And so the theatre, we can take out seats. We can film Hamilton and broadcast it on the Disney Channel. But for me, I fear a demise of the industry into not being hired for a, say, two-year contract on Wicked like I was, but hired for a one-off filming performance that then will be streamed forever. So as much as I want to offer you a roadmap to recovery for theatre, at the same time, I want theatre to remain the tradition that it is. I agree. Amazing um, collective experience that connects us all through storytelling. And I will say this to all of the artists out there right now, have hope because some of the greatest stories ever told in musical theatre have been birthed through war, famine, um, disaster, tragedy, 
So we must hold hope that one day and in the not too near future, this will all allow us to tell stories and create more work. Oh, 100%. Because, look, it's a live energy exchange, isn't it? Yeah. The people on the stage, the people in the audience, and you're right, you don't hear it, you feel you it. Feel it. And it's- you can't feel that on a live stream. You can't feel that on a screen. You've got to be there. There's nothing else like going to live theatre. So, yeah, you know, um, it now is the time for us to just gather gather stories, create ideas in our lounge rooms, write, you know, stories, write scripts, compose if you're a you know, musician, orchestrate, get together on Zoom with friends and collaborate for new, for new stories to be told. You know, throughout all of this negativity must be some type of gathering for us to gather, 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 gather to... We will. Impl- uh, explode this onto you know main main stage uh, mainstream stages. Oh, it will. I mean, I think you had the um, what Spanish flu in what seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty yep. in nine, in the nineteen hundreds. Then they had the World War Two, and then they had the big bands and all that those wonderful Hollywood movies. And then you had those live you know theatrical productions. That's how we recovered. So how we recover from this is from live musical theatre, live shows, the arts, events, entertainment. It's all about bringing people together to celebrate, connect and feel that joy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, just look at Cabaret. You know, you've got Liza Minnelli underneath in some Berlin underground club, you know, during World War Two. Look at Oklahoma. You know, I'm pretty sure that was about hardship in the South, you know, to do with... Um, Anyway, I won't go on about that. I don't really know what I'm talking about. Um, there's, you know, um, Miss Saigon, perfect example, was, you know, set within World War, um, Vietnam War. So I wonder, you know, rent, AIDS epidemic. Um, there are so many, like, I just know we're all going to be good. We've just got to keep the hope. And, you know, it's really great that the government has given us $250 million stimulus package to recover. Um as we know, I've got some figures here, you know, $75 million of that's gone into competitive grants, $90 million into loans to help fund new productions, yeah. $50 million to help film and TV producers, and $35 million to direct financial assistance to help Commonwealth-funded organisations. Yeah. Um, we can sit around and, you know, be on the, new, you know, on the news and say, well, that's not enough. Have you seen in comparison with the um, mining and the Defence Force? Yes, it's not enough, and yes, we need more. And you know, we have our equity representatives to help fight that for us. But we can take a little bit of positivity out there that you know there are stimulus packages coming in the near future to try and help spark our film and TV industry, and you know, keep people building sets. And um, yeah, I don't know what to say about it. It's a tough time. It is, but, you know, you've been really uplifting today. You've given so many great examples of what people can actually do, how they can try something different. Um, I actually feel far more positive after talking to you today. Oh, well, that's good. It's, it's, so, good. it's so good to hear. And really what you're saying is we've got to be our own spark. Don't wait for the government to fund it. Don't wait for someone else to make it happen. Make the most of this time. Find our own spark and we will prevail. We'll come out the other end of this. It's going to be great. We have to. There is no other option, you know, and, 
and it's up to the the general public to regather their confidence to congregate. Um, you know, we might be ready to perform. How do you feel about sitting in a two thousand seater? I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all because I know that the the health benefit of being with mm-hmm. a community watching a live show. I think that's far greater for me. But yes. That's just me. But I know a lot of people will be worried about that logistics. It will be a nightmare. Yeah, it's the confidence of the general. Yeah, it's the and um, uh, lost my train of thought. Actually, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it, it's going to take a while. So. When even though we're going to be ready to go, we have to let the the people catch catch up to us. That's right. So hang in there, everyone. Hang in yeah. there and support everyone. Stay connected on social media and connect with people like Mike. If you want him to sing a song next Saturday night, <laughs> connect. I with can definitely do that for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's like a new income stream for the next few months. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, uh, this second round through, I have chilled out on the live streaming i was uh doing a live stream show called live at the s lounge with my friend nick yates who runs a production company called wacky entertainment down here in melbourne um uh, but i've decided that working on my uh, mental health is far more important than trying to gig 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 you know so i've been working with a psychologist a psychiatrist occupational therapist to really work on some, um, you know, uh, let's say negative behavioural patterns that have been troubling me for a little while that I just haven't gotten rid of because I've been working so much. So I'm, you know, using this time to really, you know, see what I want in my life and that's, you know, more focus on love, intimacy, uh, mental health, physical health, connection, creativity, family, you know, all the good stuff that sometimes goes by the wayside because I'm stuck in a theatre doing eight shows a week on tour, living out of a suitcase. And that, and all of that stuff starts with self-care and that's obviously what you're dedicated to right now. So that's mm. great to hear. So, Mike, what a great conversation. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you. But look, thank you for adding your voice to this conversation today. I've really appreciated it. No worries. And look, look after yourself and um, please f- go out of your house for me because you're up in Brisbane. I will. So have a little walk in the sun. <laughs> I'll take a photo and send it Crazy. to you. I'm outside, Mike. Oh, God. Take care, dude, and I will catch up with you later. Thank you, you so much. Too. Keep creating. Thank you.